Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. We are certainly honored to come across your airwaves and to spend this time with you, to have this community. And with me, as always, is my friend, my co-host, uh, Stephanie Wesco. So, Stephanie, catch us up. What is uh, what is new in your world? Well, good morning, Doug. Um, what's new in my world? Not much. Um, just life. Um, the snow, I'm honestly very thankful that we're getting snow. I'm almost, I'm thankful we're getting another snowstorm and that sounds kind of crazy. Um, but with snow comes nutrients for the soil and it's good for the grass. It, it makes the spring better. Um, and it cuts down on the bug population. I'm hoping it kills some ticks off. Um, so yeah, that's, that's about where I am in life. I'm hoping it kills some of these uh, snakes around here, praise God. We, we had some yeah. snow. It yeah. was snowing in Greenville last night. It didn't quite reach up here, but it was just flurrying. I mean, nothing stuck. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so you got a new dog. So you got backyard dog, and then you got a new dog. So tell us about new dog. Well, new dog is a little uh, – he is just the most adorable puppy ever. Um, he's. I actually bought him for Stephanie. Um, in particular, her birthday was Christmas Day, and she had been begging for a little puppy for quite some time. And so he is, I'll have to put a picture of him out on Wounded Spirits, on Help for Wounded Spirits, but he is the most sweet-tempered. Um, he's just this cuddly puppy. So, I mean, he loves to be held. The kids carry him around like a baby doll. Um, they literally, I mean, he'll eat out of your hand. He does tricks. They, it, it's been, it's been awesome. He's like the baby in the family now. Wow. Wow. Well, congratulations on that. So we transfer from that or we, we transition out of that to our segment. You might be a knucklehead if, so it's your turn today, Stephanie, you might be a knucklehead if, and by, I just want to point out yesterday's knucklehead, the guy without the muffler just went by and did a burnout in front of my house. But uh, anyway, you might be a knucklehead if. Well, Doug, you might be a knucklehead if you have a good paying job. And you don't show up for work. Yeah. What's that all about? That definitely you know, it, makes you not pathetic. It's pathetic when you try to find other people to take, like you want to keep your job, keep getting the paycheck, but you can't come up with all, the, all these reasons um, why you can't show up at work and you end up having to get fired. I mean, you're a knucklehead. Yeah, that's, that is true. Yeah. That definitely makes you a knucklehead. Well, and I think if you have any job at all, and you don't show up for work, you're a knucklehead, because I think you should quit, give notice or something. And, you know, if somebody's paying us and we've been hired, I, I think we have a responsibility in some way to that. And I, that'll fall right together um, with our first verse here today, thirteen six. But anyway, Stephanie, so knowing that, what do we say or not say to somebody with PTSD? Well, um, I'm going to go with what you would say to someone with PTSD. Um, recently, um, one of my uncles who I love dearly, 
um, took me out for breakfast and we just had a really sweet time, but he asked me some personal questions, um, that I'm not gonna give on, give on this podcast, but, um, I trust him. I know him. I love him. I know he has my best interest at heart. And he asked me some personal questions, all positive. And so we talked about those things. And, you know, when it was all said and done, he he looked at me and he said, Stephanie's like, it's been three years and I want you to be happy. I want you to get to be happy again. And that meant so much to me because very few have now, first of all, bro- breached that subject with me and then been positive about it and not been like, oh, you just need to be content. And so, and not that contentment's not a big deal, but all that to say, him saying, you know, I just want you to be happy. Yeah. That meant so much to me because, yes, being serving the Lord, all of that does bring joy um, to someone who has PTSD, who's been through loss or whatever. But to have someone say to you, that they, that's what they want for you. That's, that's huge. That's really, it meant a lot to me and it made my entire year so far. And so, um, be that person, you know, if you have yeah. a friend who's been through a loss or has been through trauma, first of all, take them out for coffee and breakfast because yeah. that was a wonderful way to start the whole, the whole conversation. But then, but then be there and say, I want you to be happy. I mean, that's huge. That's showing love and that's people need that today. And just telling people what you want from them and, and for them. And I think that's a pretty wonderful thing. And Stephanie has some pretty great uncles. She's got one who's a knucklehead, but the rest of them are good. So praise God for that. And um, I'm glad that your uncle came to town and took you to breakfast. It kind of made me feel guilty. I, next time I get close to uh, my niece, Melissa, up there in Connecticut, you can bet, Melissa, if you're listening to this, you're going to get breakfast or lunch somewhere up there. Melissa's a great niece, and uh, we'll have to take care of that. So we're over here in Proverbs chapter 13. So what did you end up getting for breakfast anyway? Did you get an omelet or something? What would you get? I'm very good. You're going to be so proud of me. Um, so first of all, I got a, a this. It was sugar-free. They had tons of sugar-free options. It was a new place I'd never been. Wow. And. So I got this lot oat milk latte, which my uncle was cracking up. He's like, since when do we milk oats? Yeah. Um, but I got an oat milk latte and then sugar-free white chocolate and sugar-free caramel in it. And, or, you know, sugar-free white chocolate and caramel syrups. And uh, it was pretty great. And then I just got a plain omelet with some cheese and peppers and onions. So I was, I was Optivia, fairly Optivia approved. Yeah. Well, what are you doing? I mean, you can't live that your whole life. You know, I'm fattening up a little bit. I went to the doctor today and fully dressed with my wallet, my winter jacket and a book I took to take notes. I weigh 203 pounds. So I'm getting a little bit fatter. Yeah. 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 No, you still turn sideways and disappear. No, I gained back a lot of weight and I need to get like a hundred percent good again. I'm struggling, but my uncle told me I look beautiful and you know, that, that felt good too. So that's a good uncle right there, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's a great uncle. All right. So we're in Proverbs three thirteen in verse number six. And I like an omelet, vegetable omelet with cheese there and, uh, righteousness. It tells us in, uh, chapter 13 and verse number six, righteousness keepeth him that is upright in the way, but wickedness overthroweth the sinner. Ah, man, <laughs> this is pretty straightforward, you yeah. know? 
uh, righteousness, you know, that idea of being blameless, of being saved, of trusting God, honor, bringing honor and glory to God, I think is righteousness, right? That's really what it means. We all know what wickedness means. I mean, what's coming to your mind, Stephanie, when you, when you hear that, the contrast between the righteousness and the wickedness? Well, I get the idea of someone's, um, on a path and I kind of, when I read this verse, I kind of picture a a path and, and one, you know, it's a safe path, but there's a cliff off the side and I kind of think of Pilgrim and Pilgrim's progress where as long as he kept his eyes on the Lord, as long as he kept his eye on the, on the light, in other words, is, is living in righteousness, he stays on that path. He's safe, okay? He's not going to be in danger, and I'm not saying bad things don't happen to Christians, but you understand what I'm saying. He's not going to suffer consequences from from awful decisions. When he's keeping his eyes on the Lord and is walking in the Spirit and walking in the joy and strength of the Lord, but wickedness, man, you're off that path in a heartbeat, and you're over that cliff edge. Yeah. And you're, it's all over. You're, you're paying severe consequences for decisions that you never would have made if you had kept your eyes on the Lord. That's, right. that's kind of the image I get in my head. Yeah, no, and it, I think it's a good thing to have in your head because I, I do believe that what's going on here, and, and I think this is important, is, is just that. It's, this is an option. You know, this is, uh, you said something, it's not to say that, Bad things don't happen to good people or righteous, blameless people. What it's saying is what we control. And uh, I think you kind of hit it that we control righteousness in our lives and we control wickedness in our life. We're making that choice. Here we are with that Hebrew parallelism, that Hebrew poetry, you know, deciding between one or the other. I mean, is it, is it going to be righteous? Is it going to be following God? Is it going to be telling the truth? Is it going to be, you know, trying to stay away from sin, being free of sin, living a life that's generally righteous, generally blameless? Or, or is it going to be that sinner, you know, that, that man of sin uh, who giveth up himself to everything wicked? And, and I'll tell you, you know, if not by the grace of God, Stephanie, uh, you, mm-hmm. and I, you and I could be you know, yeah. caught up and it, it, it takes yeah. prayer. It takes an everyday pray for us people. And we pray for you guys because it takes work not to be caught up in sin. Sin's there, man. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so well, and, and temptation, yeah. you know, Satan knows he, he can't, he's not God. He's not uh, omnipresent. He's not any of those things, but, but, um, our preacher on Sunday, he was, he was talking about the fact that there's Satan and then he has all these devils underneath him multiple of them and they're watching us okay there's a there's a (laughs) there's the prince of the power of the air and all of his minions and they are watching us they study us yeah and i read a book on prayer by priscilla shirer that that i read that talked about this the fact that we're we're in spiritual warfare all the time and i know personally i have had times where i feel like i am so close to the lord okay i'll be in the midst of prayer prayer even and i will have such an evil temptation kind of thought yeah go through my head and it feels so real yeah that i'm left in a place of like oh my goodness i cannot believe i just thought that yeah I immediately have to say, God, take this away. This isn't. And and remembering that when we know Jesus Christ is our Savior, the real us 
belongs to Jesus Christ. The real us is a child of God. He has put his DNA into us at salvation. We are his child. We are not just adopted. We are heirs together of the grace of life. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so when those temptations come where Satan tries to take us and throw us off that path of righteousness and get us to make a decision or to go down a thought path that will mess us up, that will cause us to stumble, that will cause us to maybe go over a cliff edge, do something extreme, to remember that that's not the real you. Those temptations are coming from your enemy. Yeah. And that's where that whole way of escape comes into play. And that's, again, why we have to spend time with Jesus, why we have to be renewing our minds through his word, through meditation, through scripture memory, because that's our way of escape is the fact that his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And if we have lit our path, if we are lighting our path every single day with God's word, with his lanterns, with his lamps, when that, those temptations come, we already know the way of escape yeah. because we've been studying it leading up to that temptation. Oh, yeah. And, and I think as we, you know, transition into the next verse, that's, by the way, that's absolutely right. And uh, what you're saying, is it's so important. And, and what Stephanie's saying is, you know, I have this thought, I got to give it to God. And, and Stephanie's no different than the Apostle Paul and definitely no different than me because I have the same thoughts that I have to say, where did that come from? Yeah. And, and they're not every minute, you know, they're not every hour, but they're there. And I mm -hmm. think, I, you know what, Stephanie, too, is I think this verse does talk about that immorality, that sexual thing. You know, people think, and this is something that needs to be said, because we're those people, you know, we, we do a real Bible study here. We really do. I mean, I know we're kind of topical, you know, we're not really digging real deep. But I think, you know, far too often we forget that sexual sin is more than a physical act of yeah. uh, sexual sin has an emotional side to it as well. So yep. not only, you know, so purity in God, I mean, Stephanie's as pure as she was the day before she married Charles in God's eyes, you know, her husband's left her and things of that nature. And people, people think, uh, and in, in God's eyes, I'm pure right now with Debbie, but people think that sexual sin is only the act of being involved in uh, fooling around. Uh, but no, it, I think there's a reminder we have to leave this verse with that is we got to remember that there's a purity that comes with falling in love with something or somebody or someone's image, whether it be on TV or somebody we know or somebody who, you know, we're not courting. Uh, and boy, that's a big thing. I think it'd be hard to be single. I know Stephanie's recently single. Well, last three years, she's saying it's not recent, Doug. But anyway, I, I think it would be hard. It's hard. Uh, yeah. and it's, it's really hard, Stephanie, I think for younger people, I think it's really hard to be single today, especially if you're popping up in your twenties and stuff. Um, it must've been really hard for Charles. I mean, Charles, when Charles married you, he was 30, I believe. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so, so I just say to you here, folks, I believe this is talking about all that live a blameless mm. life and, and don't yeah. emotionally lose your, you know, your, your purity, uh, don't emotionally lose, uh, that blamelessness, uh, until somebody caught you and you're engaged or something. I don't know. I just wanted to talk on that. Cause I have a lot of writing in my Bible about this. I've talked about this verse 
to college students at, at men's meetings and things of that nature. Then this next verse, Stephanie, I mean, right away, it, it kind of goes right back to where we were at. It says, there is that maketh himself rich, yet have nothing. There is that that maketh himself poor, yet have great riches. So again, here we're looking at this contrast of uh, somebody who's poor, I guess, looking at that financially, whatever the case may be, but he's rich. And um, uh, so, you know, looking at at a material level, I believe is what this verse is talking about. And a lot of times they do that out of generosity or love for others. And, but they have great riches in their life because they, you you know, to, to riches are not measured in your bank account. You know, the Bible says that Joseph was a prosperous man. That Joseph, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, you know, being a prosperous man in God's word, I mean, you're pretty rich. And then, yeah. uh, you know, but but then that first part of that, you make yourself rich, but you don't have a thing. And that's somebody who's trying to hoard everything, keep everything back. I mean, how's that verse talking to you? Well, um, this, this felt like our reality. I remember when we were um, preparing for Cameroon. And he would just kind of chuckle because it was like, wow, we've never been this poor. Wow. <laughs> and um, you know what? Looking back, I wouldn't trade anything. Yeah. Um, talking, We were talking last night about some Bible um, teaching uh, materials and things that we had bought, stuff I had poured hours into. Um, to take to Cameroon to use with teaching kids and stuff. And of course it all got left there. And we were talking about it last night and, um, you know, it just, it, it reminded me of the fact and it, you know, it cost us a lot of money. It cost a lot, you know, those dollar bills that we, that we put in the bank, that's what it had cost us. But you know what? It was worth it. And you can have all the money in the world. You can have all the money you want in the bank and still be empty. And the only thing you have to live for is to put another dollar in the bank. The only thing you have to live for is to brag that, you know, you have more money yeah. than the person next to you. But you know what? You can have little money in the bank. You can have little of this world's good and be so rich when it comes to what's important in life. And I think you're exactly right. I, I, I know for a fact from watching um, and my kids, they know this for a fact, you know, some of the wealthiest people that we know slash were related to were some of the stingiest people we knew, um, whether it came to holidays or birthdays. And honestly, my kids laugh about it now because it was embarrassing. And some of the poorest people we know are the ones that have shown my children Jesus the most. And you don't, you know, you can be proud whether you're rich or poor when it comes to money in the bank. Yeah. But just overall, we know so many people that the world would label as poor. They would label them as, you know, having no use for them because they really don't have anything to give the world. But those people are laying up more treasures in heaven than those rich people could shake a stick at. Yeah. And making a difference in more lives, you know, and, and being a missionary doesn't, doesn't bring in, um, 
doesn't bring in tons of money yeah. from, a, from a human perspective. Not, I mean, I'm not complaining. The Lord meets our needs above and beyond. I have no complaints. I'm just saying yeah. there's a lot wealthier, there's a lot wealthier occupations, but I wouldn't trade. No, I wouldn't trade getting to send gift packages to people or give out music CDs or books. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't do much to help the profit end of things, but that's okay. If it's helping people and encouraging them and making their day brighter, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And, and I, I gotta say folks, I've, I've dealt with this as a little bit of a conundrum here because you know, before I did any Bible school or anything like that, I had business degrees and years of experience in managing, you know, vast budgets. I mean, I had a, uh, you know, millions of dollars in bonuses, 90 million I managed or something like that in the army. I had, you know, contractors, a $19 million contract that I managed, all those different things in the army. And, and I say all that to say this, I'm not a great guy. I don't have a lot going for me, but I could turn around and get a job that would pay, I don't know, five or six times what I'm making now. And, but then again, you know, how's that song go? Just give, you can have all these things of the world. Just give me Jesus. You know, the song I'm talking about, Give me Jesus. Uh, I don't know. Stephanie, you know, that might be one of those songs that's right on the edge of whether or not you'd listen to it. But you know the song I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, just give me Jesus. And so I think, folks, I think, you know, as we look at this today and, and what we walk away from is a couple things. I I mean, righteousness, again, you know, it's, it's that idea of being blameless. And, uh, and, and wickedness, you know, you just don't wake up. I think Stephanie, you know, a big part of that first verse recovered, you just don't wake up and, and, uh, um, you, you know, start being wicked. It's a choice. You start going down that road a little bit. You start thinking the wrong things, doing the wrong things. And before you know it, so it's so important that you, uh, keep a blameless heart the best you can remember from an immorality side too, that, you, you know, that it's just not a physical thing. It's also an emotional thing, especially you, you folks out there who are in a position uh, where that might happen, especially when I was young, my heart was a buzz all the time, I guess. And, and then in, in verse number seven here, Stephanie, as we were looking at that again, talking about making yourself rich, but having nothing from a materialistic perspective, uh, is a pretty wonderful thing when you're giving it away, when you're, like you said, we're on missions, we don't have anything. We're kind of laughing about it. Um, and that's pretty cool. And right in the middle of all that craziness, having nothing, here comes old Emmeline. And then at the end here, and the one who makes himself poor yet has great riches. So folks, I think that's what this is all about. You know, look at these things and remember, keep that blameless, righteous heart, make that something righteousness in your life. Make that something you work at. We have to, I have to pray for Stephanie and I, we have to just like everybody else. And, and then there in, in verse number seven, I think that we need to understand what rich and poor is to God. Joseph was a prosperous man. And we're not saying you shouldn't have a savings account. You shouldn't try to pay your house or your car off. And uh, thank God, by God's wonderful grace, my car and house is paid off. And, and uh, thankfully, Stephanie's in a situation. I don't think if she didn't have good insurance and you folks help, I mean, you guys have, it's just a great blessing in our life. So there's nothing wrong with any of that. But to remember that richness is not measured in your bank account, that richness is not measured in your um you know, bonds and stocks and things of that nature. <laughs> Listen, we love you folks. Uh, please pray for us. We'll pray for you. If we can do anything to help you, go on out there to uh, Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page. Drop us a note. We'll make sure we get a hold of you. We sure do love you. Have a great day. Thanks.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.